The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Happy trade deadline Thursday, everybody. What follows is the final 45 minutes, well, maybe more like an hour, of our trade deadline four-hour live show that we do every year at HoopBall over at YouTube. If you enjoy part of this podcast or all of this podcast, please take a moment to cruise on over to our HoopBall YouTube page. Uh, I believe that's youtube.com slash C slash media. Or you can just search for HoopBall on YouTube, and I'm sure we'll pop up. And make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page so that you get alerts on all future live free shows that we put out over there. And obviously, certainly, don't miss any future live trade deadline shows. We have a lot of fun with this. Some wonderful guests on the podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in today on Fantasy NBA Today. Back tomorrow with a more traditional episode. Here we go. Good morning, Pay. Well, actually, I guess it's afternoon now. Good afternoon. Trade deadline is here. Uh, good afternoon, Dan. I don't know if you guys can see me, but we can. Yeah, we see you. Okay, cool. Awesome. You're you're up there, man. We got we got you in in high def. Um, <laughs> we're gonna get some stuff trickling in here after the fact. Um, but before we do that, one of the names we haven't mentioned is what becomes of Mo Harkless. You guys know. You know, those of you that have listened to me and you guys are all stuck listening to me um, because <laughs> you're all hoop ballers. Um, I've been on Mo Harkless watch for about as far back as it possibly goes. And he had stretches in Portland where he was really good. Intermittent games with the Clippers when other guys were hurt where he was really good. Um, by the way, Chris Haynes just tweeting that DeMar DeRozan will not be traded. Um this is like the 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 not cool. the yeah the yeah exactly the anti news. Oh, well, how about that? Thanks, Chris. Um, the do the Knicks keep him? And if they don't, could he end up in a place where he has fantasy value? He actually, has a really nice nine category game. Pedro, you just brought you on, so I'll throw you into the fire. Is there any way Mo Harkless ends up in a decent spot at the end of all this? Yeah, Harkless is one of those perennial triple one candidates, right? But he always uh, ends up disappointing uh, uh, just a little bit. He'll put up uh, months long stretches of value uh, and then, you know, he'll have like some sort of knee flare up or something. So I do think he's a candidate uh, for the buyout market. uh, But I don't think if he does stay in the Knicks, I don't really see like a path to playing time the way Marcus Morris used to have. Right. I don't know if you guys would agree with me. Yeah, I certainly do. Brandon? Yeah, I'm not buying it. I mean, he was someone that didn't do a whole lot with the Clippers when he was given minutes to start. He'll get some steals, sure. Um, his scoring has not been great this year. He's someone that I think will take a back seat to someone like Kevin Knox, RJ Barrett. They'd rather have them get the touches than Harkless. It seems like they're going to keep him, but still, it's not someone that I'm rushing out to grab unless you're in truly a deep league. Uh, Pedro, I forgot to ask where people can find you and what you do for us here at HoopBall. Want to give you the introduction on the live show. Right, belatedly so. I am the uh, assistant editor here at HoopBall uh, and um, also like a guest contributor to the pod. Um, and you can find me at uh, at uh, Pedro and Doreste on Twitter. Easy enough. 
We're watching the feed. Something's going to come in. Everybody keeps sending the tweets out that say, hey, as long as people are on the phone call, things can still happen. I mean, I think we all get it by at this point, right? Like this... Is anybody? We're it's 2020 now. We've we've been we've been doing this silliness for a while. We 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 don't need those big those reminders. I sent out a tweet last night that just said the funniest thing for me at the trade deadline is when other people confirm the Woj and Shams tweets. Like <laughs> what are, what are you doing, man? Yeah, we we got gotcha. you. You got to beat them if you want to do that. Like Tough Juice did <clears throat> on the Mark Smith deal. Damn right, Butler. Damn right. This is the hour of the show where where my voice starts to fade a tiny bit. Um. Okay, I'm just staring at the wire, and I keep expecting something to interrupt us. And to this point, it hasn't happened, which either means we're actually done or someone's on a really long phone call that went past the 12 o'clock hour. Uh, We've talked about almost everything. I would love to do a reset, but at some point during this madness, I stopped writing things down because they were coming in so fast. So, Brandon, I'm going to give you kind of a tough question, I think, while we wait for this weird you know, end of the the deadline, weird things to trickle in. What are your favorites? What are your biggest winners and losers as things stand right now? Christian Wood, biggest winner. Um, mm-hmm. Biggest loser probably is Larry Nance. I think I would probably add a guy like Marcus Chris into that in uh, biggest winners. And here's a good one for you, Danny. One that you, uh, you love. Darren Collison is probably one of the biggest winners because with IT going to the Clippers, hey, that means that spot is open with the Lakers. And with the Lakers not making a move, it seems like Darren Collison now, I would say, 95% chance he joins the Lakers. I'm going to do my happy dance over here. Pedro, same question. Biggest winners and losers while I celebrate possibly having Darren Collison in, a, in two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, we're all in agreement that Christian Wood stands to benefit the most. Uh, from the uh, from the moves today, I also I'm cautiously optimistic about uh, DeAnthony Melton. He really does not need too much time to be fantasy relevant in 12 team leagues. I'm also looking at uh, and this is from a couple of days ago, but Malik Beasley with this newest configuration, they actually have a point guard now. I think Malik Be- Beasley can get a lot of easy spot up opportunities playing next to uh, D'Angelo Russell. So uh, those are the three I'm targeting. In deeper leagues, I'm also uh, monitoring uh, Caboclo. Whenever he's healthy, you know, they'll need a big body in Houston. Uh, Still nothing, by the way. Uh, No additional notes on Danilo Gallinari. Ira Winderman tweeting that there is no Gallo move, which uh, is interesting. I mean, this is sort of the Thunder saying we we want to just ride this because that Gallo was a great trade chip. I mean, he's a good basketball player on an expiring contract and they were not willing to part with him for anything less than full market value. Uh, Thunder are happy with how things are going. And if that is indeed the case, then we don't have to worry about anything on that front. Um, Mark Berman tweeting that the Knicks will get an additional second round pick in the Marcus Morris latest edition, the one that involved... Uh, the Washington Wizards and Isaiah Thomas. So that would be uh, one little tiny bonus for the Knicks getting involved in that one. Adam Himmelsbach uh, tweeting per league sources. He's a Celtics beat writer for the Boston Globe. The Celtics will not be making any moves at the deadline, which actually probably puts Daniel Tice in my list of big winners at the trade deadline that Boston didn't bring in a starting center because when he was healthy just a moment ago, uh, he was clobbering as their starting center. Brandon, do you agree? Uh, I had to put my volume up there. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. The only thing is is that he's he's hurt now. Um, 
I found it difficult to find uh, time to put in Tice when he actually does well. I mean, is it Tice, Cantor, Tice, Cantor? They really do tend to switch off. And that's one thing that's brutal. I think in head-to-head formats, uh, I think it's tough to ride with a guy like Tice because he'll have some really bad games that'll hurt you for the week and you might be better off streaming that spot. Roto, with a games cap, I think you're better off with a guy like Tice. Woj, by the way, now confirming that there will no be no deals for the Oklahoma City Thunder. They are not making moves at the trade deadline. Uh, Andy Larson, who covers the Jazz for the Salt Lake Tribune, also confirming that his the team that he covers, the Utah Jazz, also no trades at the deadline. So we're getting a lot of these are teams that are not on phone calls at, right now as we as we tick past the twelve o'clock official ending time could it be that isaiah thomas getting moved is the last move we talk about on this trade deadline show that feels strangely odd for the man who was drafted last in his draft class brew um i'm gonna i'm gonna come back over to you big dog here uh is there anything you're looking for as we as we're sort of sitting beyond the trade deadline are there any teams that you're monitoring in particular we're getting a lot of – this is actually kind of new. We're getting a lot of tweets about teams that are done, right? That San Antonio, by the way, also Chris Haynes saying they did not make any deals as well. This is relatively new. Yeah, that's the beat writer consolation prize. You didn't get any scoops so <laughs> to tell you we're done. Um, you know, I, I don't know if anybody's ruled out Gallinari. <clears throat> um, he seems to me to be a bigger piece that could – not, uh, you know, not really change the equation much for anybody in Oklahoma City. They got a lot of guys that even when they get the minutes, they don't really cash in on them. Uh, but he could mess up somebody else's roster. So um, I do think the the heat getting set the way that they have that, um, you know, he's he's probably off the block. And, and let's face it, the Thunder are having a great season and they should play this thing out with, with, with having Chris Paul get an all star berth. And if they can make the playoffs and just make a little bit of noise, I don't know that his contract is tradable, um, but, but next year it, it becomes a lot more tradable if he's perceived to be a high-end player. Um, but, but also on, on the Thunder note, I'm just glad that Dennis Schroeder is staying where he's at because uh, he's a big hoop ball six guy carrying uh, a lot of eight cat teams uh, really far right now, and he's just in a great spot. You don't want to mess that up. But, um, yeah, no. Um, other than that, it kind of feels like it's done. I know that's famous last words, but. Yeah, nothing. We're nine minutes past the deadline, and we have nothing. Um, in this, uh, Brian Windhorst on the jump just said that the, in, the Tristan Thompson buyout market just jumped up quite a bit. Seems like he is not on the move today. Um, and this, again, is potentially another reason to hold on to Larry Nance uh, as the one guy who's going to soak up all the backup center and power forward minutes out there, um, especially if Thompson ends up gone. I know he's been hurt lately. The, the rebounding in Cleveland is about to get real murky. If you were counting on anybody to get boards as part of their value, um, that's not going to be happening with Andre Drummond around. Uh, Woj, by the way, tweeting out that the Pacers are also done. It seems like he's putting the... The, the finishing he's closing the book on every team in the NBA right now uh he's he's like 28 tweets away from from finishing them all off um 
The uh, Vincent Goodwill just tweeted that a buyout for Reggie Jackson is an option, but that is also premature. I mean, we we might actually have nothing at the 12 o'clock deadline. There might not be a buzzer beater. Pedro, what the hell am I going to do with myself the next 40 minutes? I have no idea. Maybe we'll have to talk about the buyout market. <laughs> what do you What do you got for you? Hey, are... I, I don't have any roster space in 30 deep, but James Ennis in Orlando in a 30-team league? Oh, yeah, he did move. <laughs> oh, man. Woj ended up tweeting it. in the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. Yeah, right. you're, you're really going low there, bro. <laughs> I'm tr- hey, you know what? I'm trying to improve my team. Dan keeps whooping my ass. It, it really sucks. <laughs> well, I'm I'm getting clobbered these days because I don't have Rashawn Holmes. I need him to get back, although it sounds well, like that might be. You're beating me 7-2 to without him. This week? I think you are. Oh, yeah. I feel like I'm getting lucky. Your team's so good, I'm beating somebody else 7-2 to two with the same lineup. Well, don't worry, because Pat Beverly got hurt for my team, and Reggie Bullock is out. I'm, I, it's a weird it's a weird 30-deep team. I've constructed <laughs> constructed a weird Franken-monster of a team that desperately needs uh, all of the injured guys back. I forget how many dudes I had to sub out. TJ Warren, Rashawn Holmes, uh, Pat Beverly, LaMarcus Aldridge was out until, like, two games back. It was... It's a little bit of a tough run for my team, but I'm still, I'm hanging in there. So I'm good with that. Um, Nothing else. I think we might actually, we're 12 minutes past now. I think we might be able to call the trade deadline donezo. That's crazy. Very very unexpected. It never happens. There's usually something. The the year that it went huge after we did exactly what we're doing right now, I want to say it was about 10 minutes after the deadline. Yeah. Not that that's going to happen here. Man, dozen minutes in. All right, well, listen, before everybody starts signing off of the podcast, we're not going anywhere. The show will be at least another 30 minutes long. Um, we have a whole wrap-up segment here coming, and maybe something else will trickle in. We're, we're, not, uh, we're not closing Twitter on this end. I will remind everybody one more time here, this will probably be the last one of these for the show, that is what you're watching, the 2020 NBA Trade Deadline live show. Please do, if you're checking in now for the first time today or you've been hanging out and you don't have the window in front of you a couple times, uh, navigate over to the YouTube page on your phone, whatever it is you're using, and click that thumbs up button. It is a big, big deal to us. Many of you have clicked it. Some of you have not. Before you go, just hit it on the way out if that's what's happening here and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We got a lot of new ones today, which is super cool. That means a lot of you that are finding this page, maybe you didn't know it existed before, or you did, but you didn't know we actually did stuff on it. That's a big win for us and for you guys, because we want to welcome you all uh, into the Hoopball fray, certainly here at YouTube as well. Hoopball Fantasy, right above me. That's where all of this stuff gets tweeted out all day, every day. It is a blurb feed. It's got all the uh, news and notes that happens every day of the season. All the trades that are going out today are happening over there. I am at Dan Bespris. That guy up there right now that you can see is at Aaron Bruski and my other two guests at Pedro N. Doreste and at B.D. Marcus. Brew, did something just happen? I see you looking intently. No, I, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking usually the Kings will leak to their kind of their, their go-to team reporters that they're done at a time like this. So Nemanja Bialitz is the guy that I'm wondering about. Mm. Top 50 fantasy player, man. Voodoo doll in, in hand. Say, semi, semi charmed kind of life. Yeah. And, and has hung in there despite all the different things going on. <laughs> He's going to have a hard, I mean, they've really liked Jabari Parker for a while there. So do they come in and try to play Jabari Parker when he gets healthy 20, 25 minutes Split that up with Bielitsa. 
you know, do they want to keep playing Harry Giles? They can't really keep Harry Giles. So, so they have no incentive really to play him other than to make themselves look bad. And then if Alex Len is healthy, does he slide in and play big man minutes? They actually do need somebody that's not terrible to play backup center minutes. And, and of course, Rashawn Holmes, you know, is on all of our teams. So uh, we're watching there. So if you remove Bielitsa from the equation, his value probably goes in the crapper. It probably helps out Holmes make sure he doesn't get squeezed. Um, but usually they will tell once the, the deadline is over, they will tell everybody, Hey, you know, this is what we did. That hasn't happened yet. Brew. Who's your biggest winner at the trade deadline in reality? Who, man, I, it's gotta be probably Christian Wood. I mean, and he, what about a team? What about a team? Did any team get a lot better? The Clippers, um, oh, come on. You know, in, in, in reality ball, yeah, the Clippers, I mean, getting a big man, this is the thing that they had to have happen. And and getting probably the best available big man for what they need, you know, that's a, a really huge win. Uh, he fits on a number of different levels for them. He's got that that attitude that I think, I mean, they can get really nasty defensively as a result of, of everything they're putting together over there. So that's huge. Um, we'll see what happens with the Lakers. If they land Darren Collison, is that a good thing? You know? Um, yeah. I mean, Sorry. Yeah. I mean, it is. It is. If they, <laughs> if they, if it gets Rondo off the floor, it is. Um, so at the top of the league, you're, you're wondering about that Houston. I don't know what they're doing. They got another move <laughs> in their pocket. That sounds like, no, I think we got one of their local guys saying it Jonathan Fagan. I think he said it was done. That's that's amazing. I mean, this variance theory, and for those of you who haven't been on the show all day, is basically my thought there is that they're not good enough to beat the Clippers or the Lakers. So so how do you how do you go about that? If you know you're not good enough, your window is now. You know you've got you basically got all these different. You know Russell Westbrook's knee isn't in good shape. You know what are they going to do with all the other holes in their roster? So you got to kind of look at it as a win now situation, and and they're going to go small to try to counteract, you know, in the Lakers. Oh my God, it's hilarious. You're going to have JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard, and Anthony Davis out there posting <laughs> up T or PJ Tucker. Like, but you know, the flip side of that is if you run them up and down the floor and you shoot a ton of threes and you, you give yourself a chance, you know, do something different that, um, you know, maybe it's just cockamamie enough to work. We got a question that's coming up repeatedly in the chat room and people are losing. It wasn't for us. It was actually just in the chat room. And I thought, you know what? Screw it. I'll bring this bad boy on the show. Apparently, a number of people watching this show right now are debating whether or not to keep Jeremy Lamb or drop him for Shabazz Napier. So I'm going to we'll go consensus on this one. Brew, Lamb or Napier? I'll take Napier. I think that the the Pacers box score is going to take about two to three weeks worth of games, not counting the all-star break. So four to five weeks to, to get healthy. You know, once Oladipo is sort of in the, the realm of about four boards, four assists, five assists a game, you know, 20 points, whatever it's going to end up being. And he's hitting at a 40% clip. That's when you'll start to see the lambs and everybody else who's left over start to get healthy as well. You're going to see the big men suffer. The, 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 the act of moving all those players into a cohesive rotation, it's just going to be a mess there for a little bit. Um, now they didn't get rid of Miles Turner, you know, so, so there's a little less uh, rotation oddity, you know, there. But 
Lamb, I think, is going to take that step back, and, and Napier is going to be better. Brandon? Yeah, I'll go with that. Here's the question, though, and I'll, I'll ask all you guys. How worried are we about Ish Smith getting minutes that steal away from Napier? Because Ish Smith got a lot of minutes earlier this season. was actually pretty productive uh, about a month ago or so when he had those minutes. That's the only thing I'm concerned about is I'm not entirely sure Washington will do the right thing at times. Um, so I, that's why I'm a little hesitant on Napier, and it's why I prefer a guy like Melton. We're getting a lot of Napier or Melton questions in the chat room. So I'd prefer Melton if that's the case. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. Ishmael's the only thing that concerns me. Um, uh, Pedro, I'm going to get your thoughts on all these things, but Brew, Brandon brought up that one too. Melton over Napier for you? Look, I love a player that's playing like 10 minutes a game. He's really playing like 18, 19. And getting you late round value. You can use that. Like he's getting you a top 120 value in the, such a low amount of time. And then he's just one injury away from going way up the ladder and the fact that he plays defense and you know, that's a limiting factor for young players all over the place. So, you know, that box is checked. So, you know, he's got the floor that you want with the upside that you like, um, you know, with Napier, the way I broke it down, I think he'll actually start and this is, you might see him get added and dropped. I think he's going to start maybe in that 25 minute range, but the, the real upside in this equation, and I do think he plays 30 minutes ballpark for the rest of the season. Probably if the average, we've got to put a number on it, I think it's 28, 29 minutes. Factoring in the fact that he probably comes in, takes a little bit to get acclimated, plays about 25 minutes per game. They lean heavily on Ish Smith early on. You still got Bradley Beal around. So, But Beal, I don't think they're going to make the same, I, I'll call it a mistake, that they made last year. They let Bradley Beal play through all sorts of stuff last year just because he wanted to. And just because Scott Brooks is that kind of a coach, I think they recognize they can't play with fire like that. So in this lost season, I think they're going to probably relent as the year goes on. And it's in that scenario and whether or not he leaves, I think that will reduce ish Smith's minutes. And cause you don't give up a Jordan McRae unless you plan on playing Shabazz Napier McRae, you know, he might not be the greatest player in the world, but he has been a young promising player and and I think what Denver saw in that is they go, hey, look, you know, we're we've got depth. We don't really need Shabazz Napier. You know, we prefer to have him, but we would like to get some chips in on McCray for the future. So you can see both teams recognizing the value there. So I think at the end of the day, you know, if we're looking in the middle of March, say like March 10th, you know, I, I think Napier is up at 30 minutes a game. Pedro, you've been I've been I've kept you on the back burner here. Thoughts on all of these uh, player comparisons we're talking about? Yeah, no, that's fine. That gave me more time to to think about <laughs> right uh, all Shabazz out. Napier. Um, <laughs> I think Shabazz Napier is going to be one of those annoying end of roster guys for the rest of his season, if not the rest of his career. Um, <laughs> hey, that's better than what it was, you know, two months ago. He was off the roster. Yeah, no, I've always kind of liked him for fantasy, but he he's too volume dependent. And the thing about that 30-minute mark in Washington is there's no player uh, averaging more than 30 minutes uh, aside from Bradley Beal uh, on the entire team. So the 30-minute 30, 30 mark is actually might be very generous. If he does get there, then yeah, Shabazz Napier is a standard league type of guy, but I think Ish Smith is still going to play his 22, 24 minutes. And uh, yeah, Shabazz needs all the minutes he can get to be... Like a like a like a useful asset, you know. Um, um, what about Jeremy Lamb? He was one that came up, and DeAnthony Melton, I think, were the other two. 
Yeah, that's the other thing I was going to say. I don't think the only one that I see having rest of season value is DeAnthony Melton uh, uh, of the three. I'm streaming Jeremy Lamb in basically every league I'm in while uh, TJ Warren is out. But I know that that's like a, uh, you know, it has an expiration date. But um, yeah, with Melton, I just see the team like uh, relying on him more for the defense. I think the lineup with him, uh, Ja, Dylan Brooks, JJJ, and Jonas Valanciunas is the second best uh, defensive lineup in the league with minimum 100 minutes or something like that. So uh, I, I think they'd want to see those guys play together. Somebody mentioned in the chat that they want to develop young players. How old is Melton? Melton's like 21 years old, right? Yeah, he's a, he's a kid. I don't have the exact age, but he's he's still really young. Yeah, yeah. Melton came from USC. He played, I think, one year there. He was ineligible for a part of the season. But so, yeah, he's young. Exactly. So I don't understand why wouldn't they want to develop this young player? Uh yeah, so I'd, I'd, I'd feel very comfortable like heading into the rest of the season with Melton uh, at the end of my roster. Um, the <clears throat> uh, we, we, There was a tweet that came through. It, it's, an, it's a non-tweet, but I'll throw it out there anyway. Rod Boone, who covers the Hornets, uh, tweeted that they were officially not doing anything at the trade deadline. I mean, we're 23 minutes out now, and there has not been uh, any news. So I think, I believe, I feel somewhat safe. You see how hard I'm hedging on this. I feel pretty safe that the trade deadline has ended uh, with the biggest name players moving over the last couple of days. Rob Covington, Clint Capella, Andre Drummond, Marcus Morris, um, and John Hansen. (laughs) (laughs) There's one more piece of news. Uh, Mark Stein reported that the Lakers are going to work out J.R. Smith. Yeah, they're going to work him out. Cool. Oh, that's beautiful. Cool. Oh, that's pure beauty. Oh, I'll tell you what I'm excited for. I'm very excited for Tristan Thompson to get bought out if that does happen and him get reunited with Khloe Kardashian in Los Angeles. That's what I'm excited for. Oh, Tristan Thompson to L.A. Uh, someone was tweeting that the Celtics would be hard in on Tristan Thompson if he got bought out, which does actually make some sense. Um, yeah, some of the so I mean, they, they have another big spot that they can use, so. Hey, is uh, Brand? I'm going to ask you this every time you and I talk, regardless of the format, trade deadline show, uh, weekly show, uh, buy low, sell high. Is Ivica Zubats ever going to get more minutes? Great question. It's one that I continue to uh, ask my guests on the Hoopball Clippers podcast. Um, and I don't know. It I really seems like they're happy with Montrez Harrell getting a lot of minutes uh, late in games. He'll get his minutes in the first quarter. He'll get his minutes in the third quarter. Outside of that, I don't think Zoo will get much more than 20 minutes. Yeah, he's been a little bit... He's averaging 18 on the year. He's actually at 21 over the last couple of weeks. That's enough to get him really close to to nine category value. But, like, he's like a minute and a half away if you had to rank it. Can he get another two minutes? Can he get up from 21 to, like, 22 and a half, 23? He can. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you for that. Uh, by the way, Chris Haynes tweeting while we're talking about the Clippers that they intend to go with a versatile starting lineup of Pat Beverly, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Marcus Morris, and Ivica Zubats. That is the non-news of the century. Yeah, that's obvious. I mean, yeah. Their I mean, bench is going to be very good. They're going to have to split up Marcus Morris, Lou Williams, Isaiah Thomas, because some of these guys just can't defend. Uh, so they're going to have to split them up. It'll be interesting to see what Doc does. This is really Doc's toughest coaching job this season with all these pieces i'm not sure he's had a roster this deep since when he was with boston and he had those guys in rondo and paul pierce and garnett and perkins i mean he's got a deep lineup here i'll be curious to see who he goes with 
Trey Burke, by the way, is getting bought out by the um, Philadelphia 76ers. Keith Pompey and Kyle Newbeck reporting that he's the other guy to, to uh, open up the roster spot after the trade of uh, James Ennis. We are at 1226. We're 26 minutes past the hour. Um, Detroit has just waived Tim Frazier, who I can readily admit forgot was on Detroit. So that's the part of the show that we're at right now. Um I can't. I mean, it feels weird. Could they? I know that we saw that one tweet flip by about them potentially waving Reggie Jackson, but that feels like a terrible idea. I mean, at this point, like if you're waving Tim Frazier, is that clear out twelve minutes a game for Brandon Knight? What's yeah, happening? You know, it's a terrible idea trading away Andre Drummond for uh, a second round pick and John Henson. Oh my God, that one. That one, I still can't wrap my head around. Completely insane, Pedro. No other team could give you a bigger, better offer. No other team. I understand he's gonna be a free agent, but no other team. I might have, I might have been happier just taking the second round pick. What are they going to do with John Henson and Brandon? Not I, okay. I get it. It's the, it's the monetary side of things. I know you have to contract match, but I don't know. Pedro, do you see any universe where? Because Detroit is a, a real mess right now. They're waving Tim Frazier. They just picked up Brandon Knight in a trade, um, so they replaced one deep backup point guard with another. Reggie Jackson is getting all the shots in the world. Derrick Rose didn't get traded. What's actually going to happen in Detroit? I have no, they started their rebuilds by trading away their best player for, for scraps. So I really don't know where they go from here. Uh, Cause you know, the, the biggest albatross is still uh, Blake Griffin there. Um, and you know, there's uh, no end in the horizon for that problem, but they also have like bad contracts throughout. They still have Reggie Jackson, even though he's a free agent at the end of the year. And then Tony Snell. Uh, who has a player option for next year, uh, $12 million. So I don't know. I mean, I, for me, you can build around Seku. You can try to, like, fashion Bruce Brown into a 3-and-D shooting guard. I don't know. Um, yeah, they really – they are probably the team that is least set up for the future in the league right now. There's – I am I know I'm sort of, like, deep mining here with Detroit, New York, teams that just have all these – like goofball players on their <laughs> rosters now, but there ha to me, there almost has to be something. The cream has to rise a little bit. So let's go through, uh, and Pedro, I know you're, you're at the tail end here. So I wanted, I want to come to you first and then you can, and then we'll let you, uh, go back to monitoring the wire and, and handling things over at hoop ball. Um, if you were watching a Detroit or a New York that's come out of this trade deadline with a bunch of weird, uh, interchangeable pieces, who can stay above the cut line for you? Can anyone in any format on these teams outside, of course, of Christian Wood? We know he's a big time in, but what about the rest of this stuff? Oh, uh, Bruce, Bruce Brown was one of my favorite stashes heading into the deadline, and I'm still going to hold them for at least another two weeks because Derek Rose is doing like his yearly routine where his uh, lower body's breaking down. So if that happens, we've seen Bruce Brown put up really good numbers uh, as a de facto point guard. Uh, Reggie Jackson is still there, but we mentioned him as a candidate to be bought out. So we're not reporting that, but uh, there's something to keep an eye on. On the Knicks, give me no Knicks. I want no part of the Knicks ever. Uh, Mitch Robinson is a buy low candidate, but he seems to be perpetually one. It took me the entire show to realize that I had the corner of the guest's video covering the very corner of my video. I'm surprised nobody told me that I had biffed that. Um, 
so that's, you know, three and a half hours in. Uh, Pedro, wonderful work on this show. Wonderful work at Hoopball at Pedro N. Doreste. We'll talk to you on uh, Fantasy NBA today here pretty soon. Yeah, uh, later this week, hopefully. And guys, check out the uh, the Hoopball wire right now. We've got everything covered. All the analysis in uh, written form. Yeah, that one, as Brew mentioned, you can go to hoop-ball.com and the trade deadline tracker is available there right on the homepage. Pedro, we'll talk to you soon. All right, take care. Uh, Brandon, I believe you are next on the got to get back to doing other stuff docket. Thank you, good sir. I will talk to you multiple times over the next week. Yeah, by the way, I'm going to promote the Hoopball Clippers podcast. You should. On that Marcus Morris trade with Jovan Buha of The Athletic. Awesome. Hoping to grab him on Saturday. Um, and he's actually going to be in Minnesota. So we can talk a little bit about Covington um, being traded. and D'Lo. Russell deal. Yeah, I think they play their next two games are against Drummond and D'Angelo Russell because they play against Cleveland. On, uh, <laughs> if he's there. On Saturday, yeah. So that'll be interesting. Um, and then, yeah, I think that covers everything. Uh, one last question for you, Dan, since everyone's asking in the chat and figure I'll ask you as well. If you're going to rank Napier, Melton, and Bruce Brown, go ahead. How would you do it? Napier, Melton, Bruce Brown. I would go Melton, Napier, Bruce Brown. Okay. Yeah, me too. I just figured help out the people. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for keeping an eye on the chat room as well. I tried every once in a while, but it was too dang hard. Uh, Brandon, I'll talk to you on Monday. Talk to you later. Brandon and I host the weekly lineup show at Hoopball. You can check out the premium subscription there as well. Haven't pushed that too much on this show because we had all these other things to push to you. And then there were two. Big Dog, how you doing, man? Wait, 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 wait. It's just me and you now. Yep. Just oh, me man. and you. We don't do this anymore. I know. That's why I actually scheduled this in for the end of the podcast. You know, there's actually a rumor that, that you don't want me on the shows anymore. The rumor is you have a uh, three and a half, four month old. Is it four now? Yeah, it's four. And um, we just took him to the doctor yesterday. He's going to be a basketball player because he's big. <laughs> that is not a problem that the Bespers family ever runs into with like, our children. We, we kind of pulled the, 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 you know, you get the car seat, you bring him in, you pull the thing up so that they can see the baby now. And they're like, whoa. <laughs> That's such a. That's such a startling reaction to get from people at a doctor's office. Whoa. Yeah, luckily it wasn't like something else, like an arm sticking out of it. Yeah, yeah, that's the Shooter McGavin reference. You know what else would draw a crowd? A golfer with an arm growing out of his... <laughs> anyway. Um, all right, Brew, this is wrap-up time. We got about 15 to 20 minutes or so. Uh, there were no deals at the 12 o'clock deadline, so I might call this show at 12.50, because technically I am supposed to be... Um, at my kid's preschool at one o'clock to pick him up, but nobody don't tell anybody about that. I'm bad dad today. Um, it's been a wild day. The, the Cavaliers have loaded up on centers. D'Angelo Russell is a member of the Minnesota Timberwolves, which sort of had to happen once they traded every point guard, you knew they were just going to do everything to get him. Christian Wood has all of the usage in the universe. D'Anthony Melton, if he's at 25 minutes or more, he'll just be dunking on everyone. Shabazz Napier, he's on the cusp. Who am I missing? Though I mean, Wood and, and Melton feel like the monster winners here. But then there's lots of little stuff going on. Um, and what's, what's peaking your eye? Because I know you're in a lot of the deeper leagues. Let's give folks a little bit of a, we'll call it a 15-minute wrap-up here. Yeah, you know... Oh, wait a minute. I mean, David Aldridge just tweeted that the Clippers are going to waive Isaiah Thomas. 
that that makes a lot of sense. I I think they're a little too crowded. And in his injury situation, I don't think he ever recovered. Like his uh, free throw rate just down in the dumps. And and really in a spot where you would think that it would be about as good as it could get in Washington, especially when you know they've played some of the guys that they've been playing. He just hasn't been able to get to the line. And if he's not getting to the line, he's having a real hard time scoring efficiently. So, um, not too surprising there. Uh, but yeah, no, elsewhere, I think there's, you know, there's storylines with every single team. Uh, the Hawks, you know, very interesting getting Clint Capella and, you know, Clint Capella probably sees similar value there, probably a boost in his offense. And if I had to guess a dip in his rebounding and probably his defensive stats. Um, so uh, that was interesting. And that sort of kicked off the trade deadline. Uh, Denver, you know, sending out the assets that were really clogging them up, good players that needed more minutes. So they did some interesting things just from a, a, a reality basketball perspective. Uh, Pistons obviously shocking everybody by sending, um, you know, Drummond to, to Cleveland. Christian Wood is going to go off. That's, um, I have him everywhere. So it hasn't even hit me yet, but there's, there's teams of mine that are going to get incredible boosts out of that. And, and they're all in contention for uh, first place prizes. So, uh, you know that... what actually just hit me too? And I apologize for jumping in. Uh, Luke Kennard didn't get moved. Does he come back for the Pistons? Because if so, there's a whole bunch of usage ready to go. Yeah, there is. And, but the interesting thing there is, I think he probably would have been moved if his health wasn't so bad. Mm. And so, eh, I mean, so if he stays, I think you're going to see kind of the old Luke Kennard in that late round value range. And, uh, you know, you do have some players there in Reggie Jackson and Derek Rose. As long as they're upright, they'll probably eliminate the need to have him take a step forward, which is what folks would wonder, you know, could he take a step forward in a tanking environment? Well, those two guys would be there to sort of stop him. Um, Hassan Whiteside didn't get moved. Yeah. So when, and, and Nurk is apparently not that far from getting on the court. So he's just going to very slowly kind of whittle away at Whiteside's minutes, right? Slowly. Well, I mean, I think maybe, I think maybe this means that Nurk isn't mm. as, as, as close to returning. And, and it, cause here's the thing, like you can't play both those guys in the playoffs and you can't really play both those guys. Most nights. I mean, there's some teams that pull it off, but it's Jokic and Plumley. you know, pretty good, you know, pretty good two man combo there to try to pull off two bigs in a, in a rotation like that. So if you're not going to play these guys the full 48, and and there's a lot of teams that you can argue those guys, the, 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 the combo of the two of them should really only play like 36 minutes a game. So if you're if you're not maxing these guys out, the, the thought process there, especially if you're Damian Lillard, especially if you're the Blazers, you know, both of them want this team to be good over the long term because it doesn't sound like Dame's going anywhere. You would try to cash your asset in you know, for in, in the Hassan Whiteside um, area. But if you don't think Nurkic is healthy, then you, you basically say, all right, we'll make a little playoff run here. And, you know, we're not going to get anything for the asset, but at least we keep Damien happy. You know, playoffs make him happy. It also keeps the, the, the reputation of the franchise where you want it to be. Like, if you're in the playoffs every single year, Damian Lillard's out there hitting 35 foot three pointers and going for 50, 10 and 10 or whatever he's been going for, for the last month, you know, people want to play with that guy. 
and and he's done as good a job as anybody in the league of creating a leadership atmosphere that I think players are attracted to. Like they, he's not doing that. The you know the woofing that that you you might see from past generations. He's just quietly leading guys in 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 an atmosphere where you don't see a lot of BS. And so I think guys will want to play with this. If he's in the playoffs, I think that helps him out. And I think that's the thought process there is they don't think Nurk's healthy and they're going to keep us on white side. Cause I mean, the alternative you trade him when he's putting up big numbers, he's like doing all the stuff that he does to get contracts, you know, diving on the floor, you know, exerting more energy than he's accustomed to, to exerting. He's still terrible on defense, but he did enough to get traded but that didn't happen this year. There could have been a team out there like, you know, say the Clippers who need a big man to bang with the Lakers. And I don't know about the cap math and I don't know if they would want to bring him into the culture, but him not being movable, it says something about Portland's desire to want to play in the playoffs. And I think it also says something about, um, you know, Whiteside's typically depressed market, but you would think there would be a team out there that could have used him and ultimately he didn't get moved. A couple of uh, semi-interesting tweets while you were talking, Brew. David Aldridge tweeted that Tristan Thompson will not be bought out by the Cavaliers, which means that they now have T.T. Drummond, Kevin Love, and Larry Nance to man the center position. I'm sure they're all going to be thrilled playing 12 minutes a night. That's got to be posturing, right? Tristan Thompson's about to get real mad if if that's what they're doing out there. Um, That would be a bad look for the Cavs as a team. That's the kind of move where free agents will hold that against you when Thompson's like, yeah, I wanted to go play for somebody interesting and they wouldn't buy me out even after the trade deadline. Are uh, they even interested in keeping Drummond? Though they got his bird rights. I think I saw that. But with this trade, um, I got it. Th- you know, it almost doesn't matter because they got him for nothing. Yeah. But I, I, I don't I, understand the math there, but I mean. Yeah, none of that makes sense. Um, another note so that came like, through. You, are you oh, really going to piss Drummond off by playing him 24 minutes a game? No, he's going you big. So you're going to play him 30 minutes a game, and you're going to give Thompson what 18? He might not play. I don't Kevin know. Love has to get some minutes at center, otherwise he just gets roasted. Yep. So anyway, I'm still not dropping anybody. This situation feels too in flux. I mean, I've dropped Tristan Thompson a long time ago, but uh, like Larry Nance, who's been amazing lately. Uh, I'm not dropping him yet. Are you? I mean, you got to wait no, on this. No, if, if I had him, I don't, but I would keep him because he has for his entire career been a top 100 guy in 20 minutes per game. Yep. And they'll. And I've got to think they're going to find a way to get him out on the, the floor. The somehow. Warriors and the Wolves, though, are probably the story of this deadline. Yeah. Just... I, I mean, I honestly thought the Warriors would get more for D'Angelo Russell, but then after now seeing the Drummond Hall. <laughs> well, you know, they did get a first round pick. Right. The Warriors, theirs seems a whole lot better. Yeah, I mean, they, they get a first-round pick. I believe it's top three protected, and it's Minnesota, Correct. so anything goes. I mean, that could be a very good pick. Um, they get that pick because they take on it at just a crazy salary for, for Andrew Wiggins. And the bet there is that they can make him into the player that everybody thought he would be, which is a far cry from the player he is. So, um, but... I mean, you look at like D'Angelo Russell, he probably <laughs> has improved being in that culture. We're getting the know? traditional, this is the um, 
annual memorial, Boston got really close on four guys portion of the trade deadline proceedings. Wait, wait, did they offer four first-round picks for Frank Kaminsky? Boston made, quote, several strong offers for Davis Bertans, but the Wizards wouldn't budge. This is coming from uh, Chris Mannix, who we know has a pretty, has a slight Boston bent to uh, slight. Well, the, slight, yeah, slight bent to the boss. <laughs> yeah, here, here comes the save face. We didn't do anything. Mo- I mean, they're a good team already, but like, it almost feels like at this point Boston should just say nothing. Look, what is it with them in this first round picks thing? You, you mean to tell me the Wizards didn't part with Davis Bertans for two first round picks? <laughs> Who knows, man? Who knows? It's all a bunch of fluff. One, here's another. Here's an interesting thing that came. I thought that one was funny. This is actually interesting. Peter Edmiston, who covers the Grizzlies for the Athletic, tweeted that um, they don't expect Justice Winslow to play that soon, which I thought was kind of an interesting footnote. We didn't have confirmation on that. Um, and he's That's more really of a interesting. right. Yeah. Uh, you can when check did that hit just a few minutes ago. I believe so. Yeah. I'll check his timeline. Someone retweeted it. And then now I'm following him. Cause I, I actually wasn't before, uh, seven minutes ago, from what I understand, I wouldn't expect justice Winslow to be suiting up for the Grizz anytime, particularly soon. There doesn't seem to be any concern about his back situation as a long-term issue, but the team will presumably be very patient with recovery. So that opens up a ton of time for DeAnthony Melden and actually a reasonable amount of time for Kyle Anderson. Yeah, I was wondering about Kyle Anderson. That's what I wrote in the in the um, in the blog. Is if Winslow wasn't healthy, now Kyle Anderson becomes interesting. Now I think that interesting equates to late round value at best. Yeah, what what um, I think he could I think he could inch up on the hundred mark. Maybe. Cause the the rebounds, the assists, the steals, the blocks, it's gonna be a lot like what the you saw. One thing that kills me with that team is Dylan Brooks. Now you got <laughs> well, they rid like of Jay Crowder. They like they like Dylan Brooks. And Dylan Brooks has taken the proverbial step forward, but he takes a ton of shots and really he he bends the offense towards him in a way that the stats don't even fully reflect. Um, you know, it's about holding the ball, dribbling it five times, seeing that you got nothing, and then sort of, I'll give you the ball now, and it's like 10 seconds left on the shot clock. That kind of stuff that doesn't show up in the box score, he's doing a ton of that, and it just de- it depresses everybody else's numbers. So uh, that's, you know, I I'm I looking. Know- here's what I'm looking at right now. I'm looking at games that Crowder missed to mm. see how Kyle Anderson performed. And in general... It was okay. I mean, he's never going to score. You know, if you're picking him up, you're not getting. You're probably not getting more than six points a game, I would think. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> but uh, in 25 minutes a game over that stretch, he's around five or six rebounds, about four assists, and over a steal and a block. I mean, he needs the steals. That's the the big yeah. thing. And, and I guess where you go, you go. Okay, maybe he can. Is you look at the other defenders around him, and if there is a D'Anthony Melton out there hawking the ball, you know, at the rate of almost two steals per game, that just helps the other defenders. And you know, the other length that you can put on the floor also helps. You know, what also helps is that James Johnson was forwarded on. Yeah, to Minnesota. That's so actually that's good a, for Brandon I mean, Clark too. Yeah, I mean, so uh, I love the Grizz. I'll add a little love for Kyle Anderson. I think he's a flyer pickup. I love the Grizzlies so much, man. Man, you know, I I need to quit covering the Kings and I need to cover the Grizzlies. Yeah, sorry, David's already handling that. 
<laughs> no, no, no. But on the writing side, you know. Like, yeah, I know. I'm just, I'm messing with you. Andre Drummond said a tweet. My, don't mess with my dream, Dan Vespers. Yeah, I think you control your destiny on that one. Don't you? Don't I you run hoop ball? I, 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 I can call the shots. I mean, yeah. the Kings need to get. They need to do something interesting here. You know, pretty soon. There's only so much. Um, you know, if you don't like that, you don't like Kings basketball that one one human being can take. Oh yeah, I can't. I don't much appreciate that that line. It's a, it's a little the, much. The, the line or uh, <laughs> I don't I don't watch the actual basketball, so it's just the line for me. Andre Drummond, by the way, put a tweet out. Nothing hugely relevant, just saying he was totally blindsided by getting sent to Cleveland. So I don't know how hard he's gonna play. <laughs> Better, yeah, I guess it'll be harder. Sucks, he's I he's mean, playing for a contract, so he has to now. Yeah. Well, I mean, does he opt in? I, I would guess he doesn't, but um no, I, I'm, you know, I really am interested to see in Golden State how this plays out because I do think you spend the the last part of this year trying to get Andrew Wiggins up to speed. Uh, Marquise Chris is going to go huge. Um, you know, Kyle Bowman, Kai Bowman, I was, I had him stashed for so long, and it, <laughs> like, I mean, I should never do this, but I do it all the time. I knew it was going to pan out in March. <laughs> I was just hoping he could bridge the gap. With, <laughs> something you know but he didn't um omari spellman i'm just curious can he make something work in minnesota but then you, you got half the roster turned over there you bring in d'angelo russell um you you remove uh, wiggins i mean it's a lot of big pieces that are moving but i think we know how that ends i mean russell whenever he's good everybody else is not good you know and and you got cat and he's gonna do what cat does so and he'll be happier at least temporarily yeah i mean they're still gonna that's a good point they're, they're still gonna, gonna lose terrible yeah they're still gonna lose a lot of basketball can't defend games. A lick um so i don't know let me get you a final thought here so you can go pick up yeah that's fine i'm gonna down. i'll do a little wrap up too um you know as i look i mean the rockets are interesting we've spent a lot of time talking about them um i think the clippers did better than the lakers you know as far as the the big picture stuff goes the uh, Grizzlies are, um, you know, our favorite team. Um, Miami, they geared up. They loaded up. I mean, you add Andre Iguodala and Jay Crowder to the mix. You got Jimmy Butler, and you got the Miami sort of culture and franchise. Like, man, they're, they're, I think actually, Ollie, and when you have Bam out of bio to cover Giannis, I think they're pro you know, everybody's been like, Oh, the Bucks are just so far ahead of everybody, they're gonna win seventy games. Like, I think there are teams in the East with solutions against those guys, and Miami just got really, really intriguing with the moves that they made. Um You think the Clippers can beat the Bucks? Yeah, I do. Cause this I do. to me, I, I'm as a Laker fan, I'm a little bit devastated. Uh, Marcus Morris is a, is a big deal for them dealing with big, tough guys. Well, I mean, Marcus Morris is going to test Anthony Davis's toughness right out the shoot. Yeah. And, and Anthony Davis, you know, for as tough as he has kind of morphed and especially this year, I think he's, he's learned how to play with his size. He's also gotten a lot bigger over the years. True. Um, so he's, he's morphed more to where he needs to be, though. He's had a lot of talk at the beginning of the year about, I want to shoot threes and all that. It, he's used his size well, but Marcus Morris, man, he's going to probably try to fight him, you know, right off. And that's, um, <laughs> that's great math for the Clippers, you know? If, if, if Marcus Morris is in Anthony Davis's head, you already won. Yeah, so, uh, I, 
<clears throat> they're the they I think the Lakers will I presume go even bigger in those instances, right? See if they'd I don't see why not. Yeah. And until they pay the price for it and and LeBron is the the sort of the key to that because if he's playing the 3 and he can keep up with the other threes and and they're not losing so much in the scramble situations um that big lineup I, the, the the first couple months of the season when i saw that big lineup out there and the way it was moving i thought yeah the clippers are you know they're in some pretty good trouble um we're starting to see cracks in that and it, it, it again comes down to javel and dwight and can they actually be serviceable in playoff minutes because um, you could just as easily throw Anthony Davis at center, go with LeBron at the four, which you were, which is his better, more natural position. And you yep. do have a little bit of depth there to throw in, but their depth has been bad. You know, Rondo bad. Ugh. That's, this is why I need Darren Collison. Put him straight into my veins. Uh, please no more Rondo. Um, a couple other names I thought I'd throw out there as potential trade deadline winners. Derek Rose, who didn't get moved. Um, he was going to take a massive hit if he got shifted to some other team. And now, uh, presumably, you know, once into this, he has his nicks and bruises and so forth. But when this groin thing heals up, um, he and Reggie Jackson are going to have a ton of shots in Detroit. Um, the rest of those guys don't really want to shoot on that team outside of Christian Wood. Um, I, you know, looking at Marcus Morris is obviously a loser on that front. Larry Nance right now is a loser in the trade deadline stuff. I'm just looking at some of the guys maybe that stayed put that that didn't get knocked off the map. Um, but you know what? This is what the post-deadline fun is for. That's the afternoon, Brew. Again, remind everybody where they can find you and all of HoopBall's trade deadline goodies. Well, you guys can find me at Aaron Brewski, A-A-R-O-N-B-R-U-S-K-I. Uh, you can find the blog right there up on the homepage. I think it'll be the most recent article we'll posted. Um just so look for the top of the page and click um, the blurbs, you know, are, are a great source of info. You just go to the homepage and click on fantasy or fantasy news and you'll get all the blurbs. Um, but other than that, yeah, just check out all the great stuff. All the, all the hosts that we had on this show. It's just a, yeah, a reminder to me of all the talent we have under one roof. Uh, all these guys are deadly, you know, fantasy basketball has gotten very competitive and, and we're probably about 15 deep, at least of guys I wouldn't want to play against, you know, um, or I would, but I, I would, you know, not be as happy as playing a, a bunch of fish or whatever. Um, <laughs> but, but we got a lot going on with the, the gaming division. Uh, Ira is winning 75% of his bets. I'm almost sure of it. Um, <laughs> He's been amazing. The guys have all been amazing over there. That channel, um, our partnership with my bookie. If you want to support this uh, site, they've done great things for us. Helped us open up channels. And you go to mybookie.ag, put in the code today so they know who sent you. Get a bonus. Um, you know, throw a little money. Tail Ira and all the guys. Um, you know, that stuff's all big for the site. But yeah, no, I, I just I get excited watching all the. Uh, you know, the good analysis that, that folks are bringing to the table. And you do a pretty good job yourself, Dan. Yeah. Keeping, keeping it all moving. Uh, all right. Uh, Brew, I'll let you go. Don't to interrupt me. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> that, I picked my spots. Uh, big Dog, I'll talk to you in a little bit. Arf, arf. <laughs> that was the Big Dog, the great Aaron Brewski. And then there was one. We are officially down 
to solo time. And you now, I think I got to figure out a way to get that graphic out of the corner. There we go. So you don't have to see my non-existent hangout window. Um, want to take a moment here to thank everybody. Brew was talking about it already. All the folks we had on this show were incredible. Lyle, who is fast asleep now, uh, stayed up until 1.30 to do that first shift. Iris Silver, Ira Guberman, Chris Chow, Steven Vitovich, Santino Cacone, Alan Soroki, the great Lord Bogman. Corbin Ford, Brandon Marcus, Pedro Doreste, Aaron Bruski, and myself. Um, I, I, I want to, again, I know everybody, you guys are starting to, to turn the volume down and, and shut her down. There's still actually quite a lot of you watching right until the very end of this. And for that, I'll give you a little prayer hands, right? This is thank you on emoji. It's doing a real live emoji. Massive, massive, massive thank you to everybody that tuned in for our four-hour live show we did it, guys. We made it uh, five minutes to the one o'clock hour. By the time I'm done with this wrap-up, it'll be pretty close to that. If any of you have not yet clicked the thumbs-up button on this YouTube page, please do so before you go. And please subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. Uh, there have been a big influx of new folks on that front. Um, that's a big deal for us. Again, people finding this video even after the fact is big for HoopBall because it has all of our information in it as people are scanning through and listening to the amazing pros and Aaron and myself and all the names I read off. They then find HoopBall and we can grow this thing for future years and just keep offering you more and more stuff, which is, you've seen it. We've been able to do it this year, adding the big DFS show, adding the big uh, gaming show. It's just been uh, this unbelievable snowball. So massive thank you from everybody. <laughs> Charleston. Yeah, I know. We got three thumbs down, but that's okay. Still uh, 197 out of 200 votes right now are in the upward direction. So big, 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 big thank you to all of you guys for tuning in. The thumbs up, the subscriptions, all that good stuff. Follow everybody on Twitter as well. We've got a lot of really cool thoughts for you, and more things are going to be shaking out over the next two to five days as teams settle in with their new players, we find out who's actually playing, who's not, and there will be some guys that emerge that we didn't even think about here on this live show. Th these things, they still happen. I want to read off everybody's Twitter handles uh, just in case you missed them earlier in the show. Uh, Lyle is at Lyle Swithenbank, Ira Silver Magic, Ira Goobs, C Manu BC, Steven Vitovich, uh, at Santino Cocone, at Alan Sroki, at Bogman Sports, at Corbin NBA, at BD Marcus, at Pedro N. Doreste, at Aaron Bruski, and of course, I am at Dan Bespris. One more time, I want to do the clarion call for recruiting here at the end of the show. Those that are still checking in, um, I'm assuming we'll probably get a couple of emails today. Uh, if you guys want to be a part of what's going on at HoopBall, you can tweet at me. I might not see it today, so the better way to do it is to send an email to teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Um, again, we are looking for folks that are passionate and energized and want to be a part of crazy stuff like this thing we did today, just pulling it together with know-how and sinew and some string. Um, it's amazing. Can you podcast? Can you write? Do you want to do sales and have daytime availability? All that stuff is on the table. Hit me up again, Team Hoopball at hoop-ball.com. You guys can tell we're getting towards the ending because I'm seeing people closing their windows down. So I'll do one more time a giant four-hour thank you from all of us here at HoopBall. The trade deadline is done. Go check out all the names we've been talking about and let's win some damn money in our fantasy leagues for all the guests, pros, you name it. I am Dan Baspris. So long, everybody.
This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.